When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Robbie Weinstein. He covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 Sports. He talks all things Vanderbilt baseball, their recent struggles, the upcoming series this weekend against Alabama, the loss to Louisville, and we also touch on their potential and how far their talent will take them this season. In addition, we also touch on Shane DeZoni decommitting from Arizona and becoming a Commodore to play for Coach Stackhouse next season. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into The Door Report. I'm Billy Derrick. It is episode 82. Happy day after Cinco de Mayo. Hope all of you are feeling better than you did yesterday. It is a Thursday afternoon and I'm about to be headed into Nashville. So I'm getting excited to be home all summer and looking forward to uh, an exciting uh, tailgating atmosphere for week one against ETSU. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Finewood Fours. Floors, no Will Byram today, but uh, I will be joined by Robbie Weinstein a little bit later. He covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 sports. We'll talk all things Vanderbilt baseball. Also dive into Shane DeZoni, the latest uh, commitment from uh, Coach Stackhouse. So we'll talk about that. We'll also touch a little bit on the Louisville game. Louisville takes home the barrel in the battle for the barrel uh, up in Louisville, Kentucky. They defeat the Commodores 7-2. to uh, it was just a rough day for Vanderbilt. Christian Little got roughed up. Uh, then you, you saw a little bit later the bullpen got uh, a little bit more roughed up later. But there was a big inning there, middle of the game. Uh, I think it was fifth inning where, where Louisville kind of exploded. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Dio Odangbo, congrats to him. Last week in the NFL draft, didn't get a chance to touch on it. He was selected by Indianapolis in the second round. Andre Mintz also signed with the Broncos. And happy late birthday to Keyshawn Vaughn. Shane Devoney has committed to Vanderbilt uh, yesterday. He decommitted from Arizona a couple weeks ago. Now he's a Vanderbilt Commodore. We'll talk about Shane Devoney coming over to the Commodores. And Damani Hendricks transferring, not transferring, he is moving on to San Jose State. Former Vanderbilt assistant coach is now a San Jose State assistant coach. He was demoted uh, to a student, I think his student athlete support role. So we'll touch on him moving on. And then Robbie Weinstein will join us later in the podcast as well. Before we get to breaking news, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, 
Who are the recycling dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The recycling dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, we start with the battle for the barrel. Louisville took it home earlier this week on Tuesday. It was bumped up. Maybe that affected Vanderbilt. Who knows? Exam week coming to a close. They're now done, but who knows how much exams were on their mind throughout this past week of baseball. It was uh, it was a tough night for Vanderbilt. Christian Little got roughed up a little bit, and the Commodores ended up losing 7-2. to two. And the bats were not alive. Coach Corbin talked about it. He said, we're going to have to re-energize our bats somehow after the game and, and, and find a way to to beat some of these teams that that Vanderbilt can beat. You know, they they can beat Florida, they can beat Louisville, but they got to have they they're, they're going to have to wake the bats up a little bit, especially this weekend against Alabama. Uh three-game series coming up at the Hawk. Also, very important breaking news on the baseball side of things. Starting May 18th, the Hawkins Hawkins Field will be 100% open. Open for business, 100% like normal, but you must wear a mask. You have to wear a mask in a 100% capacity. Wow. That's all I have to say about that. I, I'm, I'm, after hearing that, I was speechless because, I mean, how? what more can you do? I mean, 100% capacity, but bam, you got to wear masks, though. So it's going to be an interesting sight to see at Hawkins Field. Starting May 18th, I guess the only home series that will be is Kentucky, the final SEC series of the season. Vanderbilt will have Hawkins Field packed, but everyone will reportedly be required to wear a mask. So that's uh, it's going to be an interesting sight and yet another reason um, to potentially look forward to what the NCAA is going to do. They're recommending 50% capacity. I don't think Mississippi State and Ole Miss are going to be taking that very well. So we will have to see Vanderbilt in Alabama this weekend. Three-game series starts Friday night against the Crimson Tide. That's tomorrow night. And for Vanderbilt, this is a huge series. You might ask why. Well, Vanderbilt's very cold right now. They've lost three in a row. They've lost three of their last four. And for the Commodores, they got to get back on track and this is a way to get back on track against the Alabama Crimson Tide. They're a struggling ball club, but they they see Vanderbilt as a beatable team. And it's going to start tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., first pitch central time at the Hawk. You can listen live with Kevin Ingram on the radio or SEC Network Plus. All three games this weekend will be on SEC Network Plus. Game two, Saturday, 2 o'clock. Game three will be Sunday, 1 o'clock at the Hawk, and then next week they got North Alabama in the midweek, and then they go to Oxford for a great atmosphere there, get a little bit of a beer shower against the Ole Miss Rebels. It's going to be fun to watch next weekend. Moving on, Dio Odengbo, a little bit late on this news, but we haven't. Uh, I myself has been, have been in finals mode, so have not necessarily been able to get as many podcasts out as I'd liked, 
But Dio Odangbo was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in the second round, 54th overall pick. The Colts are adding a very athletic, versatile player with tremendous upside to their front. That's, that's what I got to say about Dio Odangbo. We'll have to see how much playing time he gets, but he did tear his Achilles tendon back in January. But Colts GM Chris Ballard said there's no timetable for when he'll be cleared. But in evaluating Odangbo, Ballard says the Colts thought it was worth the risk to draft a player coming off a serious injury. He also said he's as disruptive of a defensive player as we saw on tape this past fall. Really, really looking forward to it. Congrats to Dio Odangbo. He deserves every bit of this. Wish we could have seen more of him in a Vanderbilt uniform last season, but it was probably for uh, his best regards and his best interest to not play uh, much of last season. It's an interesting tweet we saw over the weekend. Locked on Colts podcast. Colts Dio Dengbo, in quote, has the longest wingspan for any defensive lineman in the whole mock draft table database, which dates back to 1999. So how about those long arms from Dio Odengbo? That is part of what makes him so special. So we'll have to see if he can take that over to Indianapolis and sack Ryan Tannehill. Uh, obviously for Titans fans, who are also Vanderbilt fans, you don't want him to do too much against the Titans, too much damage. But we'll see. Again, congrats to Dio Dengbo. Second round pick, 54th overall to the Colts. Andre Mintz, also real quick, got to get this in. He signed a rookie free agent deal with the Broncos. Really happy for him. Uh, he could potentially be pairing with Aaron Rodgers if he's able to find his way on the roster. And if Rodgers stays in Green Bay, and we'll have to see. Von Miller's coming off ankle surgery, missing all of last season. So uh, it's going to be a lot to learn for Andre Mintz. And we'll see if he can get a little bit of playing time there in Denver. Moving on, a couple more pieces of news to get to, both on the basketball side. We'll start here with Damani Hendricks. Moving on to San Jose State. Jeff Goodman tweeted this a few days ago, our best friend Jeff. In quote, San Jose State coach Tim Miles is hiring Vanderbilt's Damani Hendricks as an assistant coach. Source told Stadium, Hendricks has strong Northern California ties and had previously been with Jerry Stackhouse in the G League. Jeff Goodman also, a couple weeks ago, tweeted, and quote, Jerry Stackhouse has revamped his initial coaching staff at Vanderbilt after going after people who criticized his original staff, Jeff Goodman included. He went on to tweet, two former head coaches, Ed Conroy, who brought Liam Robbins from Minnesota with him, and Michael Curry from Georgia. He was an assistant at Georgia last year under Tom Crean. He replaced Imani Hendricks and Froggy Phillips, as assistant. So, you, I mean, who knows? You could see Froggy, Froggy Phillips leave also. It's really going to be interesting to see how this Vanderbilt basketball team shapes up. And speaking of shaping up, they got a little bit of a, a facelift with Shane Dezoni, four-star decommit from Arizona. He attended Brewster Academy last season. He's originally from Wolfboro, New Hampshire in the 2021 class, so he will be on campus playing in a Vanderbilt uniform next season. He's a four-star, according to 24-7 Sports. He joins Vanderbilt's 2021 class with Gabe Dorsey and Peyton Daniels. And for the Commodores, they've got a lot of new faces, uh, especially coming in the season next year. But Shane Dezoni decommitted from Arizona a couple weeks ago, and now he's a Vanderbilt Commodore. And we'll touch a little bit more on that with Robbie Weinstein Coming up here on the Door Report, he covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 Sports. He's also a 2017 graduate 
of Vanderbilt University. Robbie Weinstein, 24-7 Sports, coming up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Before we get to the interview with Robbie Weinstein, covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 Sports, it's now time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Finewood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Finewood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Finewood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report. I'm Billy Derrick. I'm now happy to be joined, not by Will Byram, but we do have a special guest here inside the Door Report, Robbie Weinstein. He covers Vanderbilt for 24-7 Sports, and he's a recent graduate of uh, the university over there at West End, 2017 graduate of Vanderbilt University with uh, graduation season in full swing. I'm sure he remembers that well. Robbie, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I don't know. Not that recent, though. I'm feeling <laughs> old right now. Uh, I, I know Max Schneider, who used to be the sports editor of the Hustler, yeah. who I worked with for one year. He was back here for the 2020 graduation, which was like last week, and it made me feel really old. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting there too. Still in college, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, it is what it is, and, and still covering Vanderbilt. Uh, so that's a good sign uh, over at 24/7 Sports. And um, I, I got to start with baseball, and I think a lot of Vanderbilt fans are kind of sitting here wondering what's going on after a great start to the season. They won series against Mississippi State. Uh, they beat Tennessee on the road. And we were like, hey, th- this team is unbeatable. I think a lot of Vanderbilt fans were thinking that at least. But then Jack Leiter started to, to get hit a, and beat up a little bit. So I'll start there with Leiter, uh, Robbie. What have you seen potentially for, you know, or, you know, from him and, and things that might have changed um, you know, and, and kind of due to his struggles here recently? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I suspect that he's going to be fine. But from what I've heard from people who probably are smarter baseball people than me, since my background is more in basketball, like from what it sounds like is so Max Hurst is a friend of mine and I talked to him a lot about this. I think the idea is that lighter there wasn't a lot of film on him from last year. There was some, but it was mostly him blowing away midweek opponents mm-hmm. who weren't any good. And then, um, you know, I mean, same thing early this season, uh, they had, you know, they didn't, they didn't really play a lot of top opponents until that Oklahoma state series. Yeah. And uh, it just, it seems like uh, from what I have heard, there wasn't like teams didn't know where his mistakes were. Like when he makes a mistake, when he misses with a pitch, where does he miss? Where is he missing? What is he doing wrong? And from what I understand, it seems like teams know what to expect more and they can sit on his mistakes. And uh, um, when, when they know, you know, when they can wait for something, like wait for him to leave the fastball over the plate or whatever, it's a little bit easier uh, for them to jump on it, I guess. Uh, So, I mean, I think that that seems to be the issue doesn't because like even earlier in the season, like that South Carolina game, you know, as everyone remembers, all the strikeouts were on fastballs. Like he didn't really mm-hmm. have, you know, like he was bouncing his curveball in the dirt. Uh, so it's not like, you know, even when he was going great, it's not like he had every single pitch every day. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to be like, you know, he can adjust like he's a top five pick for a reason. I, I don't think, you know, he definitely has really good resources with his dad and yeah. Uh, he's, scott brown so i think he'll be all right but 
For sure. I mean, if he's not, you know, one of the best pitchers in the country, I don't think Vanderbilt will win the College World Series. I mean, they need the theory of the team is rocker and lighter blow people away, and then you do what you can't. You try to score a bunch of runs on Sunday. Right. Uh, so that's, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. I've been surprised the last couple of weeks, but I think you'll probably be all right. But I mean, it's fair to ask because he's, he's been bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and, and it's not like he's been terribly bad, you know, but, but this is not good to his standards and, and uh, yeah. you know, and, and he will, he would admit that. Uh, and, but I think I, I agree with you to an extent that they're sitting fastball now. And, and and I think a lot of hitters they realize this curve is going to be tough to hit, especially if we're seeing the fastball. So if they're sitting fastball, SEC hitters are able to hit 95, 94, and even 96. You know the good ones that Mississippi State they're able to hit that Tennessee. So for lighter, you know I th- I think it's more of placement right now. Would you agree? And 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 kind of where he places the ball because if he's throwing the fastball right down the pipe, these guys are going to hit it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Um, I think it was that at uh, Tennessee series or maybe it was game two. Yeah. Was it whichever? I mean, he's given up homers all over the place. So I think think that's where it started though. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times, you know, when he's given up homers recently, I remember thinking like, like, you know, what, what's going on? What is he doing? Like, why, why did you, you know, a couple of times, I think Fabian got him at Florida. And so a couple of times it's been guys who are really hot hitters who, you know, you can't leave the fastball, Mm -hmm. you know, belt high over the middle of the plate too. And so I don't think he's intentionally doing that. I think he's just missing his spots. Um, and, and these guys jump on it. So, I mean, I think, um, yeah, there's still three weeks left in the regular season. Uh, he's got three starts left. Uh, then he's got to start in the SEC tournament. Um, so, you know, I, he's got some time to turn it around. Uh, but, you know, I think the other thing is, is like really homers are the issue. Yeah. Like there's, it's just like, it's like, there's one issue with him basically. And so that's, it should be a little bit easier to drill down into and, and fix. Yeah, and, and Corbin talked about it, um, you know, also. He hasn't had as much time to grow. He didn't have a season last year. You know, Sonny Gray went through this. David Price went through this. Lighters, you know, growing, learning on the fly. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, this Alabama series, I think, will tell a lot. And that brings us to the bullpen. Uh, Ethan Smith has been a guy that, especially at the beginning of the year, Vanderbilt could rely on. But these past few weeks, I think Vanderbilt could have used him in a lot of big spots, but he's not there. Um, so – you know, we, we've heard from a source that his arm is still hurting him and, and, and he's not quite 100% ready. What are the chances you think we see him this weekend, Robbie? I, I don't know. I, I would guess 40% maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, Corbin, Corbin... They, they likely Corbin, won't need him this weekend. Yeah. I mean, Corbin said yesterday publicly that, um, you know, that, that Smith was trying to build back up uh, and experience some soreness. I, you know, I mean, I don't see any reason to doubt what Corbin says there because he's been honest about COVID stuff in the past. So he doesn't have any reason to mislead or anything like that. Um, so the, the question was going to be, I think Smith had a bullpen session today and it was going to depend on uh, how he responded to that basically. So uh, they could definitely use him. I mean, they, they, they need him because um, I actually think on Sundays they can, I think they can still, like, I think they're all right on Sundays, to be honest, once they start, like, I think when they get into the postseason, they can start using Maldonado more on Sundays 
mm-hmm. uh, and basically going all out to win instead of right now they're experimenting with, you know, first Schultz and Riley, the McIlvain. Uh, they'll stop doing that once the games really matter. But um, for sure, I mean, if you take Maldonado and have him be like the opener on Sundays, then you can't use him on Friday or Saturday and you need Smith or someone like that there. So for sure, I mean, they're, they're starting to run light on options and they're going to need Smith. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I think it would be great for them if they could get him into the game this weekend, but if not, you know, you definitely hope like the midweek next week, uh, because he's going to be really important. I mean, he's got much more experience than any of these other guys. I, I like Patrick Riley. I like Chris McElvain, uh, but um, you know, those guys haven't played in the postseason, So that's, yeah. that's significant. Ethan, Ethan Smith has. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. You talked about experience, Robbie, and this season, there's not a ton of experience throughout the roster. And, and last year or two years ago, talk about experience. That's, likely the most experienced team Vanderbilt's ever had uh, when they won the national title uh, a couple of years ago. So this team, where do you think, uh, obviously ex- inexperience is an issue. How much do you think that could affect them and how far, you know, how far is their talent going to take them, you think, this year? And, and especially you get into a regional, there's going to be some good teams, but a super regional I think is going to be huge, especially if it's a great atmosphere, because the likelihood Vanderbilt could play an SEC team in a, in a super regional. And if that's on the yeah. road, which likely, you know, we still don't know where they're going to be playing in the, in the supers, but how far do you think their talent can take them? I guess is what I'm asking. I think it can take them all the way to, you know, win the college world series. But I, I do think where you run into potential issues is kind of what you alluded to, like situations where the, you know, the opposing crowd is, is getting into it. And so where that would be is probably, uh, in a Sunday situation where you just get jumped on from the beginning, you're down two nothing in the first or second inning and the bases are loaded and it's, you know, a freshman or sophomore who has never really, maybe they've pitched in that situation the regular season, mm-hmm. but not when the games actually matter. And if you lose, you could, your season could be over or you could be put in a situation where the next game you're, you're playing for the season. Uh, so that, you know, I mean, like for instance, I think an example would be the, like Duke game three in 2019. Yep. Um, I, I assume Mason Hickman probably pitched that game. I don't remember yes. off the top of my head. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, that would have been his sophomore season. So, I mean, he had some experience. He had been in the rotation the year before, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't have someone like that to go to this time around. Um, you know, I, I think Christian little looked, pretty good for three innings or four innings or whatever it was against Louisville. Uh, the, the reality is he's only 17 years old and whatever <laughs> they get from him this season is a bonus. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, do they have a guy who you can put in there and you're 100% confident uh, that they can lock it down? You know, I, I really like Luke Murphy. I do. Uh, but he did have that one meltdown against Tennessee. Uh-huh. And uh, again, he doesn't, you know, I mean, he came off Tommy John, so he played a little bit last year, but he, he doesn't have postseason experience. Mm-hmm. So you've basically got Maldonado and if you use him as an opener, then, then you burn him. So there's, there's some issues, some issues for sure, for <laughs> sure. But what I would say is uh, there's no perfect teams this year. Uh, there's no perfect teams most years and uh, every team has issues and I think they have enough to overcome it because, you know, I think the lineup is way better than I was expecting it to be. This oh, no doubt. Kind of okay. 
like average by SEC standards and instead they've been toward the top of the SEC in, in most offensive categories. Yeah, no doubt they've struggled recently hitting, um, whether that's, you know, the pressure of exams. I can't imagine trying to, you know, study for exam and, exams and you're on the road at, in Gainesville trying to be, play Florida and then you go to Louisville. Um, so they're likely probably finishing exams up this week, right? Yeah, I think they're done. Um, yeah. I think so, they just yeah. yeah, so they're done. And Corbin always likes to talk about how they're just playing baseball now. They're they're playing baseball, and, and that's all they really have to focus on. So, and this is where the, his teams typically heat up uh, that we've seen. Uh, one more baseball question, though, Robbie, before we uh, kind of move on to, to to basketball for this this team. And th- you know, we talked about it, they don't have a guy like Tyler Brown, who who you're confident can go out there and, and close yeah, it out. Yeah, that would be an example, like what I said earlier. Yeah, Saturday. yeah. And, and Maldonado is, you know, he has some some experience and he's been likely their best bullpen guy, but they don't have that guy. And offensively, you could say they have a, a, a leader in, in Dom Keegan and, and, you know, you also have Carter Young. But who would you say is 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 kind of the the emotional vocal leader of this team? Because you had a lot of them a couple of years ago. I, mean, I feel like up and down the lineup, all these guys are alphas. These guys are pretty young and they didn't play a ton last year. So who do you think those guy, that guy or those guys are? That's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, one of them isn't starting anymore. Cooper Davis. So Cooper, that, yeah. yeah. Um, probably Jason Gonzalez, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, the, basically the two seniors, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nobody who stands out like a Dansby Swanson in 2015 mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, lots of good players for sure, but yeah, I mean, you know, you said it, they're, they're inexperienced. They're the least experienced team in the SEC, they're the youngest team in the SEC. So yeah, I don't know if there is one, you know, vocal leader other than the two seniors and even those guys, you know, Jason Gonzalez, I feel like he's kind of quiet. Um, yeah. you know, whether that matters, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of, you know, the lineup, the key, I think will be, um, Carter Young's got to start hitting again. I mean, even Keegan has been a little bit of a slump, honestly. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, I, I mean, Carter Young is probably going to be first-round pick next season. So uh, that's a good guy to bet on to break out of the slump. But uh, he's had some pitch selection issues, uh, swinging at balls and, and taking strikes. And, um, you know, I think that's something that you can tweak and, and fix and improve in the middle of the season. But, yeah, I think that's the that's the probably the guy who I would look at over the last three weeks. Vanderbilt would love to see him get going because uh, I, when they looked unstoppable early in the season, you know, he was like hitting the ball. Oh, the he was rolling. Yeah. Yeah, he was really rolling. So maybe, hopefully Carter Young can uh, regain that this weekend. Let's move on to basketball, Robbie. Uh, your bread and butter here. Uh, Shane Dezoni. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name right. but I think so. I don't know for <laughs> sure. But, yeah, uh, but he is uh, – Stackhouse picked him up. It was a great get. I think this guy's kind of sneaking up onto the radar. Uh, I don't think he was on a lot of Andy fans' radars. Uh, Four-star uh, transfer or decommitted from Arizona and had a lot of other schools after him. So uh, what's the scouting report on this guy and, and uh, how much playing time do you think he could see next year? Yeah, the, the scouting report is is that he – so he's like 6'4", 190 or 200. Uh, he's just kind of a – classic all-around two guard I think he can shoot I I don't know that he's a lights out shooter but he can shoot Mm -hmm. he supposedly has really good upside as a defensive player I think he can handle the ball I think he can finish at the rim he's a 
good athlete. I don't know that he's amazing in any of these one areas, but he's a well-rounded player. And he's a, you know, he's a top 150 recruit. Uh, most, so 24 seven doesn't have him in the top 100, but ESPN and rivals yeah. do. And you know, that, that matters. Uh, so, you know, for Vanderbilt, if you can get a player like that, I think that's, um, you do it right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, this season in terms of playing time, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Vanderbilt knows either because we don't know how Tyron Lawrence is, is going to come back from his torn ACL. Uh, so we're sitting here in May the season starts in, uh, about six months. Yeah. I don't, is he going to be ready to start the season right away? Will he be able to have a full minutes limit right away? Will he be limited? Will he come back in January? I, I don't think, I don't think even Tyron Lawrence would know the answer to that right now, uh, because there's so much time to go in his rehab and, and he, the staff I know was, was high on him last year. Uh, so he, you know, he could be like, I think he, he affects minutes for Dazoni for sure. Uh, either of them could play some three, but those guys are, are similar players in some ways. So that's the, that's sort of the thing to watch. Uh, what I'll be interested in is, uh, you know, I think by taking, taking Dazoni, I mean, they kind of pivoted to long-term uh, because by not replacing Desu with a power forward, yeah, yeah, I are they gonna? I don't think they're gonna be good next year. <laughs> they went so, small. They went. They went yeah, small. I, yeah. And and that's gonna. I, I think it's gonna tell you how where the. I mean, Robbie. Honestly, this is Vanderbilt basketball is a roller coaster, and and I think a lot of Vanderbilt fans can agree with that. Um, Jerry Stackhouse still learning. Uh, you know, we we all we all understand that. But his recruiting style has been, you know, I, I, I hate saying confusing, but, you know, it's like, where's the goal? Uh, you know, you got a guard, Peyton Daniels. You got a small forward, I guess, in Gabe Dorsey. Liam Robbins, a seven-footer, uh, a solid get there. Taryn Frank, who knows how much he'll play next year. And then Rodney Chapman. It's a lot of guards, a lot of guards. Uh, and, and especially you even have uh, Jordan Wright still uh, next year. Isaac McBride obviously is gone, but – the way this team is going to look, you know, they're going to look in- incredibly different next year. So I guess what I'm asking is where is the direction of this team and, and, and where do you, where do you think this, where do you expect this team to be next year in terms of the SEC uh, rankings? Yeah. I mean, I think the direction got really screwed up when Desu transferred because that wasn't really, mm, that was not, it that was not expected. expected. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, they knew he was being he was being recruited since January, uh, and they knew that. But you know, I mean, you don't expect somebody who averages fifteen and nine and is going to get the ball as much as he wants and likes the head coach and likes Vanderbilt. You don't expect a player like that to transfer. So, yeah, you know, I I don't know that they were like planning for it. Is the way that I would put it. Um, you know, I think like long term. You know, I, I get what you're saying about positionally, you know, they haven't emphasized the front court enough. That's clearly fair based on mm. uh, who they've had playing center the last two years. Uh, although what I would say is they, you know, they had an opportunity, like they, they had the opportunity to take the best recruit available. You know, I don't think, you know, from their perspective, they would probably say we can't pass up on that opportunity. Uh, I get that, you know, it's a risk. It's a risk. We'll see what happens. Uh, in terms of next season, yeah, I mean, I think Georgia's really going to suck. I think Texas A&M is not going to be any good. Uh, so I could see Vanderbilt – like I would pick Vanderbilt to be both those two teams. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Mizzou could be – they're going to take a step back for sure. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina, I'm, I'm not high on at all. So I would probably put Vanderbilt, like, in the 10-11 range still. But I think, like, with DeSue, I mean, I know nobody would have been talking about them, but if they still had him, you know, that, that team, you know, you bring back two of the best – for sure two of the best 10 returners in the SEC, maybe two of the best five. Uh, you have two all SEC preseason players and you've got a supporting cast around them that, you know, I don't know if it would have been good, but it would have been improving and it could have been adequate. Like that on paper is an NCAA tournament team. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, but the talent level was going to be there. Uh, of course, the 2015-16 team was supposed to be a top 25 team and, and was not any good, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, they could have underperformed because they hadn't proven anything. But, uh, you know, I think the issue is when you lose to Sue, the whole theory of the team, which is you you have two studs and surround them with shooters, basically, you know, that gets blown up. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think, like, we'll see what Taron Frank can give them. I know, um, you know, they're high on him. But, uh, you know, they're putting a lot of pressure on him to do something next season. And he averaged like 1.9 points per game as a freshman. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that carries over. Maybe uh, to maybe five, six points and get that up a little bit. But I got one more here, Robbie. Uh, in terms of uh, of basketball and, and the coaching staff, because Damani Hendricks is headed to San Jose State, and um, you know, I don't know how much of a role he was going to have this year because of his, uh, I guess, you know, bump down after Ed Conroy. And then what's the other guy's name? I always forget his name. The assistant from Michael Georgia, Curry. Michael Curry. Yeah. Michael Curry and Ed Conroy. So what, what does that mean? What, what does Demondi Hendricks leaving mean for this staff? Good news, bad news in terms of recruiting trail and, and kind of the role those two assistants might have uh, on game days during games and even in recruiting. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't know that it's, I mean, it's definitely not a good thing to lose a coach who, you know, was getting bumped, had had some success as an assistant coach. He recruited Noah Shelby and Lee Dorr. And so to have that guy basically demoted uh, to um, like support staff role. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's well qualified for a support staff role because he had already done it. And then he had had some success as an assistant. Uh, so I guess it sucks to lose a guy like that, but yeah, I mean, that's not unexpected if he got offered an assistant, a legit assistant coaching job somewhere, you know, D- division one, then, uh, you know, it makes sense for him to take it, especially because he's from the West coast. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much it matters either way. I mean, the recruiting uh, is mostly going to be stack house and the three assistants. Uh, I don't think Damani Hendricks leaving affects uh, door or Shelby. As far as I know, I mean, I would be surprised. That's good. News. Mostly. Uh, yeah, I think like in football, recruiting is is more about the assistants, and in basketball, yeah. it's more about the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't I don't think it matters honestly that he's that he's leaving. I mean, he's he was well qualified to do the job that whatever they had moved him into, like player development or whatever it was. Uh, but um, you know, you can find someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always can, and uh, Stackhouse will. We'll have to get it going next year because uh, you know we'll we'll have to see. Vanderbilt fans might uh, might might be start you know clamoring a little bit. So so we'll see yeah, uh, how yeah, the, how they how they how they're able to to do, especially in the recruiting trail. So so we'll see. Robbie, thanks for talking and checking in here with us on the Doorport. Uh, hopefully we'll get you back on, uh, especially leading up to basketball season, and uh, maybe in Omaha if, if you're there. So so thanks again for checking in. 
Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, that does it for episode 82 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. For myself, Billy Derrick, and today's special guest, Robbie Weinstein, who covers Vanderbilt for for 24-7 Sports. Huge thanks to Robbie for checking in today. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors.